Hello, and welcome to the That's a Good Point podcast. On our podcast, we rank a list of items for you while making good, sometimes great points, although today it's going to be a little different. We have pre-ranked six different lists for you. We call this the quick six multi-list blitz, I think. Something like that. Nice job on that one. Um, And so these have already been ranked. We will explain how and why we ranked them the way we did. Why? If you want to offer your feedback, feel free. We're on social media, Instagram and Twitter at That's a Good Point One. Point. Um, otherwise, without further ado, adieu. Adieu. This is Dion here with John and Irv. The list we ranked for you today: uh, we ranked some college football rivalries. We ranked Pringles flavors. Uh, everybody likes Pringles, right? Yeah. Yes. I like, pr- I yes. like Pringles. Yeah. We rank some spinoffs and the shows that produce them. So we kind of tried to combine not just spinoff TV shows, but the ones that they were spun off from. Yes. And then we did combine those. We ranked some Beastie Boys songs. Uh, we ranked our favorite third baseman from the 2010s. We uh, wanted to do a sports one, a baseball one. We picked a position and said that seemed too broad. Let's narrow it down. So let's pick a decade. So that one was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then the last list, we ranked some school lunches. And not just from here, but school lunches that most people had. We figured out that not everyone had the exact same school lunch experience, but similar. And so, I think you should point out that we also had guests on many of these. Yeah, a lot of these are pre-recorded. When you know that we've had guest hosts on. And so while they were in studio, we had them help us record some of our lists. So, y'all can always check the description. We'll put in there some timestamps. So if you want to fast forward to one of these lists, you can do so. Absolutely. All right. So without further ado, uh, the first list that we ranked, or the first one we'll discuss anyway, will be college football rivalries. The six that we picked were the Army-Navy, Florida-Georgia, Michigan-Ohio State, Alabama-Auburn, Oklahoma-Texas, and USC-Notre Dame. Uh, some of the pre-ranking discussion involved that we don't really care about USC-Notre Dame rivalry. Didn't realize it was such a big deal as it is, but we were looking at other people's lists, and it makes it up there it pretty high. It was highly ranked on most every list we saw. Yeah. Uh, for my money, ones we didn't include, I could have thrown Miami-Florida State on there. Cal-Stanford, not always great programs, but it seems like it's a fun rivalry, and there's some history there. Harvard-Yale, one of the oldest of... All time, but I don't think anyone ever really watches the Harvard Yale game, right? I, I uh, don't. Never. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. We also don't have local teams in this. Correct. No Central Simpson rivalry on here. <laughs> no Wartburg Luther. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Uh, you know, does DMAC have a football team? I don't think they do. No. Iowa Central does. Were you talking like, no, Iowa, Nebraska? No, I, w- I was looking at, like, Northern Iowa against Southern Illinois. Sure. That's oh, always a big game. Sure. <laughs> the Salukis. A big rivalry, as Elmer Fudd would say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the way this turned out, uh, in sixth place was USC-Notre Dame. I don't know if I gave that away when I said we didn't know that was a big rivalry. Uh, so it got last on our list. Number five, Army-Navy. Number four, Florida-Georgia. Number three, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. 
Number two, the game, Michigan and Ohio State, and first place, the Red River Rivalry. Good job. Oklahoma and Texas. So, thoughts on this list? I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Uh, I think those two towards the top, Big 12, Big 10 ones, I think, um, are probably just year in, year out, one of the better ones. We talked about maybe Michigan hasn't been as good lately to contribute to that with the Ohio State side of things. And maybe you could make that same argument with Texas and Oklahoma, Texas not being as good as of late. Um, but Oklahoma and Ohio State both carrying those. Um, and then I think, you know, Auburn, Alabama going down the list a little bit. You can look at some of the articles out there. It would have ranked probably higher for some. But I just think that's probably a little bit our bias, I think. It's, yeah, it's still number three on our list. Yeah, so. I mean, it's still, yeah, and it made obviously our six. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying, you know, some people might think, oh, that one should be. Right. The number one for sure, and I don't know. I think, I think a lot of that's being in Big Ten, Big 12 country. Right. Mm-hmm. If we were in the South, yes. that, that's it would what be I was number saying. one, yeah. yeah. Well, and you talked about maybe some competitive imbalance with Michigan and Texas recently not being as good as Oklahoma and Michigan. I mean, Alabama's just been so good lately that Auburn has a tough time keeping up in that one. But right. there, there's been some good finishes in the last 10, 15 years, some memorable ones. You know, another one that wasn't really on any list that I always enjoy watching is Alabama LSU. Sure. I just thought of that. And it's been significant recently because LSU mm-hmm. has been really good. Yeah. Um, we talked about Army-Navy. You you mentioned, John, that you don't ever watch that game really? Or? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. I think, And for me, I think it's because... Usually you're starting to get into college basketball season then, so on That's a Saturday true. I'm probably more likely to turn on a, a good early season college basketball yeah. game that's like the showcase game of the day. With Army Navy, I'm much more likely to watch like the beginning production portion, like the right. when they're all go marching yeah. out there. Yeah. And I'll watch that, watch kickoff, watch maybe the first little bit of it, and then it it's not that I've never watched the entire game. It's just unlikely. I'm more likely to watch part of it, walk away a little bit, maybe come back and check on it. Right. Well, well being all they do is run the ball, the game's probably over in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. Good point. But And I, I said the same thing. It's I will watch it. I mean, you can call it appointment television because you want to see that beginning, and it's one of the few football games that's on that weekend, usually because it's later in the season, and so I like to turn it on and see it. But I'm not going to sit down and maybe watch the whole thing, and if there's something going on that day, I'm not going to... You know, schedule my day around that game. I don't know if I'd schedule my day around any of these games, but I'm definitely going to pay more attention to a lot of them, mm-hmm. except for USC Notre Dame. <laughs> was that something like it was a big deal back in like a few decades ago? I bet something? maybe like in the 70s and 80s they were okay. really, really, really well, there, good. There were some good games. Remember when uh, Reggie Bush pushed yeah, yeah, Matt yeah. Leinart into the end zone in that game? And I mean, so there's, and they're both, they've both been good recently, so I'm sure there's still ones there, but. And I think that also, because Notre Dame doesn't have a conference, some of their games are not good games. Like, they're right. playing teams, you're like, why is Notre Dame? And that's always and so then, one that's a good game for them. Yeah, as a Notre Dame fan, you like, you got to say, oh, who's our rivalry? And maybe, and other than maybe Michigan, I suppose. USC. Who they don't play anymore. Yeah, USC is probably Which is dumb. their biggest next it's true. team. So. Hmm. Good list. Great list. For this list in our quick six multi-list blitz, nice job. We are going to rank Pringles flavors. Love the Pringles. Pringles come in a lot of different flavors. Pringles. The you Pringles. know they're not really potato chips. 
They're potato crisps. Crisp. Oh, interesting. That's fabulous. What is the difference? Uh, the crisp, they take the potato, they mash it all up and reconstitute it into a different shape. Hmm. The salad. The very fine shape that you recognize as a Pringle. Anyway, the six flavors that we ranked were the salt and vinegar, the original, the pizza, the cheddar cheese, the ranch, and the sour cream and onion. Our final rankings, number six, ranch. Number five, pizza. Number four, sour cream and onion. Number three, the original. Number two, cheddar cheese. And the number one, salt and vinegar. Ooh. Offer your thoughts and opinions on how these finished. I'm very comfortable with how this ended up. The top two, the way the rankings went, are my top two. Excellent. I definitely love the salt and vinegar and the cheddar. I mean, those are very, very good Pringles. The rest of them, are, I, there's not a one on here that I wouldn't eat. I like them all. Yeah. Uh, just would definitely pick up those top two or three more than I would pick up the bottom three. So I'm very good at this list ranking. I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up on that. The original to me, like it's a potato crisp, as John said, not a chip. Like I could move that down farther. I do like the sour cream and onion. The pizza one's alright. The ranch one, I know I've tried it, but it's just not one of my favorites. So but I'm happy with how the list ended. John Peterson. Um I'm a little surprised the salt and vinegar finished number one because I feel like a you said cheddar was second? Yeah. I feel like that one's a little more, to borrow your term, inoffensive. Sure. Like, I think sometimes the vinegar turns people off, yeah. certain people. Yeah, yeah, So I'm a little surprised, I guess, just in our group, that's what it is. I'd be curious to know what the masses have to say. Salt, salt and vinegar chips are my favorite types of potato chips. And I, I do like them as well. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it's a really good list. and Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's well done. Helping us rank here today, John Seller. What do you think of the way we rank these? I like. What was number two again? Number two is cheddar cheese, salt and vinegar cheddar cheese original. All right, so I, I I don't have any issue with the way any of those are ranked as well. Um, I guess as a personal preference, I would go with the original of any chip uh, over, and maybe that's medium bland. Yeah. Probably. Sounds about right. I, I know a lot of these, some of you guys don't think I'm probably bland, but um, <laughs> I, I, I would uh, I, I would say that, you know, I would most times uh, pick the sea salt and vinegar, the salt and vinegar, whichever one you want to call it. Um, and again, there's not one of them I don't like. Um, and again, I don't, I'm, I love ranch, but I don't love ranch flavored stuff. Sure. So quick question. Keep it to 10 seconds or less. If you had to combine two of these chips and eat them together, what sure. would they be? Uh, I think you said this off air, so I'm going to steal it. Pe- the pizza one and the ranch one. Mm. I think cheddar cheese and ranch together be a good one. I think it would have to be, I think pizza and cheddar or pizza, I think both of those are my probably my top two choices. Yeah. I would say this, and this is because I love to mix frozen pizza with ranch. The frozen pizza Pizza Ranch. So you can just freeze your Pringles. <laughs> yeah. frozen, frozen Pizza Ranch Pringles. And, so, and mixing Pringles is obviously good, taking any of these top ones. What are some flavors that didn't make this mm. list? Because I think there's a couple 
Uh, I think there was like a Wendy's one that was like a buffalo chicken. When you have your classic barbecue or honey right. barbecue or honey mustard. There was a buffalo ranch one. That was a good one. I think that would mm. that would be up there I for think me. I do okay. I don't know if I've had that, but I think that I, would be good for me. I like most barbecue flavored chips, yeah. but I don't know that I'd rank them on my top. And I don't like most barbecue flavored chips. Okay, and I'm a big fan of dill pickle chips. And I I like dill pickle chips. Yeah. I can't tell you that I've had Pringles dill pickle chips, but I bet they're good if they happen. I bet I like them. I I love dill pickles. I'm not a big fan of dill pick, pickled flavored stuff. Okay. So like yourself with ranch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good list. Good job, fellers. On this list for our quick six multi-list blitz. Ooh, nice job. Thank you. We ranked spinoffs, and we actually are going to rank them, not just the spinoffs themselves, but the shows that led to the spinoffs and the spinoffs, and we're going to try and combine those. And so, Marnie, you're here to help us rank these again. Yes. Um, the six that we narrowed it down to, and this wasn't easy to narrow it down to six. It was a grind. The, we'll start with the originals and then some of their spinoffs. So, the, so number one, the original was All in the Family, which was on from 71 to 79. It produced seven spinoffs, which is probably a record. Had the show Maud. Maud actually led to Good Times. The Jeffersons, which is a great uh, show. Archie Bunker's Place was on for a while, uh, a long time. And then Checking In, Gloria, and 704 Hauser, which ones I don't remember. I didn't know any of those. They were on the early 80s and even some even the early 90s, but those, those were spinoffs of that. Number two was Cheers. That was on from 1982 to 1993. The Tortellis was on 1987. I remember that show. I really like that show. But it was very stereotypical of Italians, and so it wasn't on for very long. Marnie, you had a good fact about that. What was your... Oh, yes, that um, Carla's husband's second wife um, was Casey Kasem's wife. In in real life. In real life. Yeah. Casey Kasem. So, you know... Cheers and the Tortellis, good. But that also led to another spinoff called Frasier. That was okay. Well, it was all right. It was on from 93 to 04. It's widely regarded as one of the most successful spinoffs of all time. Uh, number three, you have Happy Days. It was on from 74 to 84. That gave rise to Laverne and Shirley, uh, Mork and Mindy, and then Joni Loves Chachi, which had a brief run in the 80s. Matlock. A lot of people don't know that it was on for a little over 10 years. But it gave rise to Jake and the Fat Man. And then Jake and the Fat Man gave rise to Diagnosis Murder, which had Dick Van Dyke. By the way, how would you like to be uh, William Conrad? You, they go to him and say, hey, we've got this show. It's called Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> what do you, what do you think? We want you to be on. He's like, hey, am I Jake? And they're like, uh, no. no, no, you're not Jake, buddy. Sorry about that one. So, hey. Don't go on a diet now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, go, here's a cheeseburger, and we'd like you to play this part. Yeah. Uh, number five, we have Star Trek, the original on 1966 to 1969. Most people are very familiar with that. The Next Generation came on in the late 80s, 87 and 94. There's Deep Space Nine. There's Voyager. There's Enterprise. This is kind of our representative of the same name group. So we, hey, we had talked about including the Law and Order groups. The CSI, NCIS, or any other ones. I, Criminal Minds had some spinoffs mm-hmm. for a while there too. Oh yeah, sure. I actually liked. There was the one where they went around the world yep. and mm-hmm. solved yeah. the well, same. What's types his name? Of uh, Forrest. Uh, Forrest. Gump. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not Gump. Gump. The other one. No, no. <laughs> Gary Sinise was on 
Oh, yeah. The they went around. Like, yes, he was. So I thought that's what you're actually going with. No, sorry, it's going Forrest Gump. Forrest Whitaker was on one. I thought, I thought you were saying Forrest Gump, the dude from Forrest Gump. So, sorry about that. Hey, going back to Jake and the Fat Man, you talked about how the Tortellis was a little stereotypical. Think about all the things you could get away with in the 80s and 90s right, yeah. that you can't get away right. with now. Like, like calling a show Jake and the Fat, Fat Man. Man. <laughs> exactly. He could not do that anymore, yeah. Uh, and then number six, we had Petticoat Junction which was on from 63 to 70, gave rise to Green Acres. Those two are probably two of the... Two of the most popular sitcoms of the 60s there. Uh, What are some we left off? I I know I mentioned earlier that we left off some of the Law and Order in those. Talk about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, and I think that... Kind of more current... Thing. Better Call Saul's still on. Give it some time. That let it let's stew a little, and it will and it hasn't had a season, and it's been a while. Yeah, thanks COVID. But yeah, uh, talk about different strokes and facts of life. Everybody right. loves Raymond and King of Queens. Yeah, um, we did cut off things like uh, the Carol Burnett show gave mm-hmm. rise to Mama's Family, and then the later. I don't know what the, the next Carol Burnett show was called, but that was in there. Tracy I think it was called the new Carol Burnett the, yeah, show. It might have been. The Real event. original Carol. Right. <laughs> the Tracy Ullman show gave rise to The Simpsons. The Danny Thomas show actually led to Andy Griffith, and Andy Griffith led to Gomer Pyle and some, yeah. of, some of those. And so those could have been on there. Uh, I think The Practice led to Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. We talked about how The Cosby Show led to different uh, A Different World. Um, were there some other ones we talked about? Dallas led to like oh Knotts Landing, Knotts Landing, and there was like the the Covingtons or the Carringtons or the that was Dynasty. That was Dynasty. Oh, that was Dynasty. Yeah. Which yeah. led to the Colbys. So it was the Colbys. Yes. <laughs> My mom yeah. loved those. Yeah, you had some of those in there. We did not include those. So we got All in the Family, Cheers, Happy Days, Matlock, Star Trek, Petticoat Junction, and we're ranking these. We ranked these. I'm sorry, we were already done. Based on the strength of both the original and their spinoffs. So, our order was number six, Petticoat Junction. Number five, Matlock. Number four, Star Trek. Number three, Happy Days. Number two, All in the Family. And number one actually ended up being Cheers. So, what do you think of our list? I'll say first, like, a little bit surprised, Cheers had... Two spinoffs. One wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. The other was obviously, arguably, the best spinoff of all time. I Better Call Saul is pretty good. And it so is really good. You might end up that being the best one. but So the difference, though, with that, like, Frasier and Cheers. Cheers came first. Frasier, obviously, was a spinoff, but it was in the timeline later. Right. Where Better Call Saul is a prequel almost to Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. Which I like because you think about, okay, when am sure. I going to see some of the characters sure. that I saw you at bet. the beginning of Breaking Bad? I think Frasier just, I mean, it lasted almost as long as Cheers did. It did, yeah. And it's because of the dog. <laughs> yeah, Eddie. <laughs> uh, All in the Family had seven different spinoffs, and so I think that just the strength of the, first of all, it's a good show. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a little dated, but it makes you laugh. And then the, I love the Jeffersons, so mm-hmm. that, that's got to be up there. Happy Days, another good one. Yeah, I I was good with this. Way it ended up, I just think the strength of Cheers and Frasier definitely propelled that to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, All in the Family, then the number of shows, I think, is what brought that to number two. I mean, but even the top two or three of the, well, take the original show plus the spinoffs, I think, are really good. Um, 
personally was disappointed Star Trek didn't finish a little higher, but I, I realized that it's that it's that same name thing. Like it's it got fourth. It, it did right. No, no, no. I understand. And it was on our list. It's like what we always say is if it ends up on the list, it was probably worth talking yeah. about. So absolutely. But um, yeah, well, it is, I think something like Star Trek though is kind of a niche thing. And that's yep. what I was either gonna say. You like it, you like that stuff, or you have never seen any of it. That's right. true. And there's not a lot of in between. I don't yeah. feel like where sitcoms you can. Yeah, you know, just even so there's like, age though with that too though. I mean, yeah, the, true. Depending on who's listening to this, probably a lot of people haven't seen All in the Family or any of those. Right, like, oh, has we, nothing to do with genre or the niche of it or whatever. Just like it, just that it's old. Well, you know our, what I mean? our, our sick place one we talked about this before we recorded this Petticoat Junction in Green Acres. You guys hadn't heard of Petticoat Junction, and mm-hmm. I remember my parents loving that show and Green Acres. Was I know because of my. Parents. Right, right. I mean, those are both 60s sitcoms, so unless you're a little older or you have the, is it Me TV that shows I, those old shows? I, mean, I watched a lot of Nick at Night, too. Yeah, so. A lot of yeah. Donna Reed show and My Three Sons. Yeah. And you may not be real familiar with those, but yeah. We probably could have done a whole episode on this one, but we're going to put it on our quick six mini splits. On this list, we're going to rank our top Beastie Boys songs. So our list was, in no particular order, so what you want, Brass Monkey, Fight for Your Right to Party, Sure Shot, Intergalactic, and Sabotage. Uh, so what you want is from the Check Your Head album. That's their third album they put out. Brass Monkey and Fight for Your Right to Party were on their uh, initial 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 album. Is that how you say it? Not your old album. Their first. first. Album. Yeah, licensed to ill. Uh, sure Shot. Um, and uh, Sabotage were both on their album Ill Communication, and Intergalactic came out latest in 98, uh, and I think it was their fifth or sixth album by the time that came out. That was one of their last hits that they yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Was on that. And we, and we have Marnie here for this discussion. And Marnie, you're going to help us. Uh, you helped us rank these. Yes. Yep. Irv, we had you sit out this one out, but we still want you to... Jump in and give us your. Do we? No. <laughs> I, I, I really thought when I said a certain one should maybe be a lower one, I thought Dion was going to punch me. I really did, and I, you know what? That's fine. Hey, we don't need to go into specifics. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, we don't have to agree on I did admit that I probably should sit this one up for the voting purposes. Sure. We just said the latest song was '98, and how old were you in 1998? I was the ripe old age of seven. So, and yeah. also, if you agreed on everything, this <laughs> would Makes not be a very. I kind of worry. Part, part, part of me wishes I was just because Dion likes to do this thing where he likes to go after my decisions. I like to. I would like to maybe. I think this have is some sort of. I believe he's making this up. But. Rebuttal or revenge against him because he always. True. It's not always true. I don't think it's true. But it's true often enough. So how these rankings come out? <laughs> thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, John, the taskmaster over here, keeping us on. In pace. sixth place in Beastie Boys songs, uh, we had "So What You Want." In fifth place was Intergalactic. Fourth place, Fight for Your Right. Third place, Brass Monkey. Second place, Sure Shot. And our winner, of course, was Sabotage, which is a fabulous song, by the way. Any comments on this one? Um, well, I'll just start off as the least knowledgeable of the Beastie Boys collection of music. I was really, really okay with that sabotage. Ended up the winner. That's yeah. probably my favorite of all Beastie Boys songs. And uh, can't help but think about the 
Star Trek, uh, new Star Trek movie with uh, what's his name Chris Pine in there, and they they play that, they play that song to you know I don't, I don't remember what the whole deal was with it, but that was they called it classic music then. So I thought that was pretty I funny. The video when that came out was just fantastic. They all yeah, have like the fake good. mustaches on and they act like you know they're cops from the eighties yeah. and just running around kicking down doors and. This must mean Ill Communication is arguably their best album if both the top two That's songs yeah. are from that album. Although good we had, point. Although That's a good point. Thank the, you the very ne- much. The next two, you know, third and fourth are Brass Monkey and Fight for Your Right. And we did like narrowly cut uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We could have included that on our list. Maybe would have voted for that over So What You Want for some of us. I don't know. But that one is on their, you know, their... Inaugural album. How many different ways can we say first? (laughs) We also, you know, we consider. License the ill. We consider including Paul Revere, check it out, uh, make some noise. There's some other good ones on there, but that's our ranking of the uh, Beastie Boys songs. Marnie, what's your take on this one? Um, I think people listening might think Fight for Your Right should be higher. because it's probably their most it's probably the most famous, famous one, right? Song. Wouldn't you say commercially yeah. viable? Right, yeah, but I but I think we placed it correctly. Yeah, and for nobody, for people that don't know Sure Shot, go take a listen. Like, yeah, it's, it's number two on our yeah, list. I mean, it's it, a great it's, song. But yeah, I would say, and actually on uh, check your head. So so what you want ended up number six, but that's one of my favorite Beastie Boys albums. Is the is the Check Your Head album, and there's a lot of great songs on there. That, And one of our uh, podcasts we did was Best Breakfast Around Des Moines, and they have, uh, and it was uh, Eggs and Jam, and the jam has kind of a dual meaning, and then there's jam, and then they play jams while they go, and there's a, I don't know what, but it's, it's a, like a parody of the Check Your Head album. It's painted on the wall. It's got like bacon and eggs on it and something, but I was like, that's, Fantastic! That's pretty cool that they have that up there. So. Right. Well, and I would hope that the younger members of the audience maybe go check out Beastie Boys and have a newfound respect for. Them. No, take, just take a few minutes. Yeah. Beastie Boys are amazing. Yeah. So. Hey, good list, everyone. For this list on this quick six multi-list blitz. Good wow. Job. Good uh, job. We are going to be ranking our top. This is a sports one. Our top third baseman. From the decade of the 2010s, so we're talking 2010 to 2019. Very specific. Very specific. Uh, the reason for that, first of all, I like third baseman. Um, I was kind of a child of, of the 80s. I've mentioned that before. And some of my favorite players included Mike Schmidt, George Brett. You think about Wade Boggs. Uh, I had a Buddy Bell baseball glove growing up. I love Ron Say with the with the Cubs. Cubs. Paul Molitor, I think, at that time. He played, third played base, quite, quite a bit yeah. on third base. And so I picked third baseman, and then we went with 2010s because helping us rank this list, Kyle Weber. I think I was in uh, ecology class in 2010, yeah. <laughs> and probably government class sure. around that time, too. And so if we went with the 80s, that was before your time. So we're bit. going with uh, your lifetime third baseman. A couple cuts. Todd Frazier might be like the... If you were setting a bar for what's a really good third baseman in the 2010s, you go Todd Frazier because he played every year there. He was with the Reds, White Sox, Yankees, Mets. Played in a couple All-Star games. Hit a lot of home runs. A lot of home runs. Struck good, out a lot. Good player, but he didn't make our list. But he's kind of the bar. If you cleared him, if you're better than him, you kind of made our list. 
Another one that I think maybe is better than him, but the question is, is he a third baseman, is Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter with the Cardinals. Um, but if you look at where he played most of his games, he's moved around a lot, played a lot of different positions, and so didn't make our list. So our top six here, um, we've got Nolan Arenado, Adrian Beltre, Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado, and Evan Longoria. We picked those as our top six, and then we rank them for you. Um, and our final rankings were actually in that order. So Crazy. Our top third baseman from the 2010s is Nolan Arenado. Uh, he debuted in, what, 2013, played 13 through 19 all of his seasons. In that. And we're going just this decade, by the way, so I know that he plays for the that team in St. Louis now, but he played for the Rockies from 13 to 19. He won seven gold gloves, five all-star appearances. He five top 10 MVP, MVP finishes. I can say quick six multi-list blitz, but can't say MVP. Apparently. Apparently. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have that. Yeah, it happens. Uh, but he ended up being our top one. Any comments on old Nolan Arenado? I'm comfortable with him being number one. I, when I did my personal list, I had him second, but I mean it was yeah. like splitting hairs there. So I totally fine with him being number one. That in that decade he played for the Rockies, so maybe some power numbers were inflated. I think that's for sure. For sure, but still, they're still there. It's not like they didn't happen. You still got to be a good player to do those things. Sure, he did still play half his games on the road. Right. So that's how that works. Did some damage elsewhere, yep. but yeah, I'm sure his power numbers are up a little bit from playing. At Coors Field, um, but I think he's him and Beltre. I think were uh, heads and shoulders above the other four in my. The clear opinion. number, the top two for yeah. sure. Agreed. So number two was Adrian Beltre. He actually debuted in 1998. He's kind of the elder statesman. All the rest of the guys on our list debuted in this decade, whereas he finished in this decade. Um, so in 2010, he was actually with the Red Sox. It was only season with the Red Sox, and then finished his I career. I totally forgot about that. Yep, then he actually finished his career from 2011 to 2018 with the Rangers. In that decade, he finished in the top 10 MVP voting five different times. He won three gold gloves, made four all-star games. Um, if you go back a ways, once again, I don't know if that's cheating to go out of the decade, but he probably was in his prime actually before this decade started, and so just carried it. Yeah, I would say like mid-05 like, to 09. Yeah, yeah kind of late 2000s would have been maybe his prime there. But. And I think you said it when we were discussing, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer in about I think four he's or five years. What do you guys think? I don't know if it'll be yeah. first ballot, but it'll be pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted. I, I would have had Beltre at my number one, you know, barring me tempering my thoughts about his entire career, but just limiting it to 2010s was right. was what moved into two for me. I was just thinking, too, because he was past his prime, but still, still put really up those good. numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, but again, I'm not I'm not upset by him being number two to Arenado. Sure. So. Um, then our third place was Chris Bryant. He played the fewest years in the 2010s of these players. However, he did win an MVP award. He was a 2016 MVP. He had two other top ten finishes in just those uh, five years that he played. Three All-Star appearances. He was the Rookie of the Year in 2015. Won a World Series in 2016. He did. Who did he win that with? He, he went with uh, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Mm. So he was around when baseball started in 2016. I think that was the first year of baseball. <laughs> Any other day, I could have put up a little bit more of a fight. I think Chris Bryant is the darling of the media. 
Yeah. So I mean, I could have, I, I could have moved him down a little bit, but I'm feeling gracious today. What's that to like? You Thank had you. me on the pod. I'm not gonna offend the Cubs fan. <laughs> Thank you very much. You had me Thank on the you. pod. Thank I'll you, give it Kyle to you. I'm a diehard Cub fan, and he was my fourth choice. So sure. Yeah. Well, and number four for us was Josh Donaldson. Uh, he actually debuted in 2010, but didn't play a ton of games. Didn't play in the majors in all of 11. Um, but 12-19, he played with uh, the A's, Blue Jays, and uh, Indians, and then the Braves in 2019. So moved around a lot. He did win the AL MVP in 2015, had three other top ten finishes, made three all-star games. He's probably maybe the weakest fielder on our yeah. on our list. Probably, not, I mean, as far as a, a defensive third baseman, not the best. Um, but the, the discussion we had when we were ranking him, if you take his four best seasons... So if you take three or four best seasons, he is probably the best player for the, that short amount of time. If right. you can, can conglomerate those together. And so that helped him in this voting. He had a very, has has had, he's still playing, has had a very injury-prone career, I That's think. That's true, yep. Um, seems like about every other year, every third year, he's only playing in 60 games. Um, but most of the years that he plays in 120 or more games, he puts up pretty good numbers. Yeah. With the nickname like Bringer of Rain, I think that's enough to, to get you to the fourth. You know, he was a draft pick of the Chicago Cubs, first I round pick. I did not know that. He was a catcher. That's a good point. Yeah. 2016 first. World World Series champion Cubs. Right. A lot of people forget that. <laughs> as much as they remind you, a lot of people forget. Thank you, Kyle Weber. Thank you for reminding us that the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Uh, number five then was Manny Machado. He debuted in 2012, played most of his this decade for the Orioles. He was traded to the Dodgers in 2018 for a nice little playoff run and then signed a big contract with the Padres. Um, during that decade, he did make four All-Star appearances, got a couple gold gloves and a couple All-Star games in there. Thoughts on Manny? I like Machado because I think he's probably uh, maybe not the best fielder. I think Arenado's probably the best fielder still, but Machado puts up the highlight reel type plays a lot. Yeah, um, and he's played some shortstop. Very consistent, I think, throughout that decade, which is why I ranked him maybe a little higher um, yeah. than the rest of the group did. Um, and durable, because he's, he's got two or three seasons where he played 162 games and, and just a consist, probably most consistent of all these yeah, players. Doesn't get hurt very often. He's, he's out there. Uh, sorry if we just jinxed you and you get hurt there, Manny. That's nuts. Don't blame us. <laughs> And then number six was Evan Longoria uh, for 2010 to 2017. He played with the Rays and then went to the Giants in 18-19. He had three top ten MVP finishes, uh, two gold gloves during that time, made an all-star appearance. Before this time, he was a rookie of the year in 2008 when he debuted. But um, kind of a staple of those Rays teams. If you were a, a fantasy baseball player in the 2010s, this was always a good pickup if the, if the studs were were gone, you could always get him, and he was stable there. So We didn't talk a lot about fantasy baseball, but he was always a good fantasy baseball player. Yeah, I think I had him on a team here or there in the 2010s. Yeah. So that is our top third baseman from the 2010s. For this list of our quick six multi-list blitz, we rank some old-time or classic school lunches. We have five of us here doing this today. We have five of us here doing this today. Our uh, 
classic school lunches. So all of us have went to school, not surprisingly, actually graduated. <laughs> for some of us, it is. The, graduated. the graduating part is <laughs> surprising for some of us. I don't want to mention John Sneller's name. So I don't say <laughs> um, and then we've taught at schools. I've taught at three different schools. So I've had school lunches. Sometimes taught is in Yeah, quotes. that's in quotes. Uh, Kevin, you're here. You've, you've went to school and taught at school, which it's the same school, though. It is. It is. So how many... It's somewhere north of 20 years. How many cumulative years do you have at Earlham? 35 some years of eating school lunch, lunch at the same lunches. school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, I've lived. <laughs> uh, anyway, our school lunches that we went, went with, uh, classic Iowa lunch, and some of you guys didn't have this, you said, but was chili and cinnamon rolls. I had that growing up. Kevin, you had that growing up. I did not. We've had that at Earlham. I've had that at a few different schools I've taught. Yeah, at. Earlham's where I had it. All right. I've had it as a teacher. But that's our first one. Uh, lasagna's in the mix. I know I've had that at multiple different schools as yep. well. For sure. Yeah. We went with chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes, the classic kids' lunch. And Irv, you're a mashed potato fan, so you love that one. Well known. Well known. Uh, then we went with pizza and corn. and we did, an unusual punishment for kids. Yeah, we didn't wonder why you pair corn with pizza. Uh, Kevin, you're one of those weirdos that doesn't like pizza. Yeah, I wonder why they serve pizza. <laughs> and John, tell us a little about your pizza experience. Well, I think back to this rectangle pizza as being the quintessential school pizza. But there you go. Earlham has served that a few times, not often right. in my days there. But they also have the stuffed crust pizza, and then the homemade pizza is also really good that we well, I think about, I think used to have. Like some of the, they try to make things more nutritious as we go. Yeah, the more we learn about what's good for you and what's not. Well, and then on PD days too, when they would uh, when she would cook us the old oh yeah school, yeah old the stuff. old school stuff yeah that was uh, always good. Number five, and this is going to have if you if you're a pointer or listen to our podcast, you know the five guys rule, the five guys effect. We went with we went with Mexican. So when you say Mexican Day, that for that means something different for all of us, depending on what school we went to. So what are some of your favorite Mexican? I Crispitos was one I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I, kind of hard to explain. It's just kind of it's rolled, but it's kind of flatter, skinny looking, soft shell looking but thing. Beef, it's it's beef also crispy. Though, right? Beef and bean, I think maybe is it's crunchy. Though, right? It is kind of crunchy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's supposed to be fried. Yeah, I think, fried. But yep. I don't yeah. know why they do that in schools. See, I had that at the at the first school I worked at at East Union, and then um, I haven't had it at any other place I was at teaching or. Yeah. Right, but I would say that's up there. The another one, the soft shell tacos, especially soft shell tacos are good. Especially on Taco Tuesday when she would make the homemade pico with them, and then you dip them in the chips. And not that it's not possible, but it's probably hard to wreck a soft shell taco, isn't it? I, I would mean, think you throw some hamburger and cheese, and then put it in a soft tortilla and. Yeah. Then put the little toppings out that you can put on it. I like the old burritos yep. that you used to get. Throw some sour cream and some hot sauce on there. Uh, chicken fajitas or chicken soft tacos. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know what the school actually calls them, but right. the, I know what you're going to say coming up here, and I really like the chalupa. The chalupa. You mentioned that at Earl, and we've yeah. had the chalupa, and it, like, it was almost like a Mexican lasagna. Mexican lasagna. They need to bring that back. Yeah, they, so need, good. they do. It's so good. And then the last one was the toasted cheese or ham and cheese or grilled cheese. Every, I think every school has probably had that in some variety. Uh, I can remember being in school. It was served with tomato soup. Now a lot of times it's something different. Now, there must be something that's not nutritionally good about tomato soup that you can't serve it. I don't know. But yeah, we used to have that all the time. Yeah. Uh, now we, we have ham and cheese at Earl. It's a decent sandwich. And the, what are they? 
serve that with. Uh, spicy fries is what it used to be. Spicy fries. I don't know if that's still. It's hard to know. It's probably the spicy point. sweet potato fries now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, on this list, here were our final rankings. In sixth place was the toasted cheese or ham and cheese, grilled cheese. In fifth place, lasagna. In fourth place, pizza and corn. In third place, uh, chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes. In second place, the chili and cinnamon rolls. And our winner came out. Mexican. Once again, Five Guys effect, I think, because... Irv, Irv coined that term, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It, is. It, it goes back to our uh, burger episode where Five Guys, you can customize it however you want, and so that makes that burger as delicious as you want it to be. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily disqualify it from anything. It just... No. It, it, call it an unfair advantage. Call it what you will. I mean, not a perfect system if you don't like it. Get your own podcast. That's right. So, but, no, I, I'm pretty okay with this ranking. Yeah. So. Opinions on this, fellas. I like it. Um, I think the toasted cheese is about where I would put it for me. Um, from five up, I like all of those quite a bit. I'm not going to bring my lunch on any of those days. Toasted cheese days or ham and cheese, I might bring the lunch. Yeah. I might not. Um, a lot of the rest of them are, are good. Rest of them's rest of them <laughs> are, are good as leftovers too. Like lasagna is great on day two. Um, chicken nuggets are good on day two. Cinnamon rolls are good at any point. Well, I think going to day two, I, I think that the toasted cheese, the ham, the ham, ham cheese ham sandwich, cheese, they're on better two. on day two. These yeah. are they, they, they're yeah. crispier on day two. And our, just, our sixth place is probably better as a leftover than right. it is as an original. And there are a few things out there that are just better the second time around. I, I like school lunch, and maybe it's because I'm a teacher and I'm just used to it. But I mean, I can eat all these. I love all these. Or if I know you're a mashed potato guy, so yep. Did you say you it, love Aldi's? I love Aldi. There's oh. no S on it. Oh, very good. <laughs> you do not go to Hy-Vee's. You not. You, so it's you right. said all you of these. Walmart's. You go to Aldi. Anyway, sorry about that uh, tirade I went on there. I or apologize. Dim- or dim- I lost my. Kinky. You might have lost a pointer. I lost my temper. I apologize to all of you. That <laughs> might say have lost Aldi's. a pointer. <laughs> sure. But all of you that say Aldi's are morons. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh no! And there we go. Yeah, sorry, and that's how it ended. I, I like all of these. Uh, one I didn't know I was going to open up a can of worms. One that, one that ranked fifth was lasagna. And I'm a big fan of lasagna. And uh, it is, I won't say it's hard to wreck lasagna because I've made lasagna before and I've wrecked it. But I like lasagna because I like Italian food, and it's it's fairly good. Even though that's not my favorite restaurant to go to, I, I like lasagna. Now, Kevin, on the other hand, I would. The bottom three are perfect. Only I have, yeah. The pizza needs to be. A, yeah, but bench it, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> your taste, <laughs> your, your, your taste yeah. of food. You don't like a grilled cheese sandwich. You don't like don't. pizza. You're not a fan of. Italian I like lasagna food. soup. I don't like lasagna. Interesting. So I don't know if maybe it's the cheese. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, growing up, I had the grilled cheese or grilled cheese with tomato soup. You could dip it in that, and so that was, that's a different experience than having it with fries. So, Good list. Great list. Good work. Well, that wraps up the Quick 6 Multi-List Blitz for this season. Hopefully you enjoyed at least some of those lists. Hopefully you enjoyed all of them. Right. Yeah, can't make everybody happy can't with all of them. Happy. That's true. Um, which is why you can skip ahead to whichever ones you want to listen that's to. That's right. Make sure you, well, if you made it this far, you've already checked the description to find those spots. Right. Um, Some people might just be listening to this part because they just skipped all the lists and went straight to the end. 
We just want to hear what you guys have to say at the end of the episode. Uh, as you can tell, those are recorded over different times and been spliced together. So thank you to our guests who helped rank those lists. And until next week, when we will be ranking, I believe, 80s arcade yeah. video games is our, our plan. Are we going to stick it stick stick it to the 80s? <laughs> are we going to stick to the 80s? Yeah, we're going okay. to we're gonna stick to the 80s. We don't want to wander into the 90s. And I don't know how many arcades are around the 70s. Herb's got to go back in his memory bank and remember the 80s. Yeah, good luck with that, Herb. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so until next time, sign our episode.